Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined again by lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about what happened last week between inflation, the Fed hiking rates, mortgage rates falling, and more. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is wonderful to be here, Sarah. It was such a um, crazy week. Uh, and for us data geeks, this last week uh, that we had was a, a, a big one, I believe. We had a huge week. So let's see, we had, it was like what we called inflation week because we had the CPI data come in. We had the Fed talk and and raised rates. We had the market react. So where do you want to start? So basically what happened last week is, you know, we, we all know that the growth rate of inflation is cooling down, right? Uh, oil prices have fallen so much and uh, other data lines, the growth rate is falling, but the Federal Reserve is still hiking rates. And again, for, for what I've been talking about all year, uh, there is a war going on here between what the Federal Reserve wants to do. They're not talking to you as American people, right? They're talking to Wall Street, which is very condescending, by the way. And um, uh, basically, uh, what Jay Powell says, you need to lose your jobs, okay? And it's not going to be a recession. So we finally got, got him on the hook. Uh, it was such a troubling Fed presser that some of the Fed members on uh, Friday were talking about, hey, listen, inflation, we, we might think the Fed funds rate. Everyone stop spiking the eggnog for the Federal Reserve members. OK, <laughs> all right. This that that those talking points could have worked earlier in the year, but uh, it's it's going to be different now. Right. And what, one of the things. Uh, you know, I'm saying always is that 12 months from now, things should be different, right? Unless there's some kind of supply shock or something. Uh, and the Fed members came out on Friday and talking about, you know, inflation rates could be higher. We don't understand why the market, that's the key phrase. We don't understand what the market is seeing. So the bond market in front of, you know, the Federal Reserve saying, well, I need, I need the unemployment rate to get to 4.6%, which means 1.6 million people need to lose their jobs. And there's no way, there's nothing else we can do. We have to do this, right? That is not acceptable. You need to think of something else. If you're too old and don't want to do this anymore, that's fine. You step aside and bring someone younger in there. And there are people in the Federal Reserve, the vice president should be stepping up and telling Jay Powell, thank you for your service. You did a wonderful job. But the bond market is like, eh, I'm not sure. You know, so we don't see the reaction that we saw, let's say six months ago with Jay Powell talking. Bond yields would have gone up. Uh, a few months ago, the you know, Messer and all these people talking on Friday about, oh, the Fed funds rate might be higher, then we might keep it higher. And bond market's like, eh, no. So now there's a conflict between the marketplace and the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is in a bad position. It's saying that I need you to lose your job. I need you to not work and buy something so I can have my job better. And market's like, okay, that's a recession. Jay Powell in one of the strangest Fed pressers was basically trying to convince people, well, no, it won't be a recession if 1.6 million people lose their job if trend growth is. Okay, so this has to be explained. Because a lot of Housing Wire uh, uh, 
viewers probably weren't following my work in the previous expansion. I had been writing about this for years in terms of what the Fed is fighting on its own models. They believe the natural unemployment rate being low is kind of really at 5%. They're completely acceptably fine with 5% unemployment rate because that's the natural low unemployment rate. It's when 6 to 7% that maybe they think, okay, maybe we might need to cut. That's not going to work anymore because in the previous expansion, you know, it was the weakest uh, uh, economic recovery ever, but it was the longest. So unemployment rates got very low and there was no accelerated uh, wage growth. Here we had a global pandemic, right? And wages took off and inflation took off. Now they're fighting, um, uh, you know, with the marketplace to try to convince them that if 1.6 million people lose their jobs, it's not a recession. And the market, the bond market was like, oh, that's so cute. So cute. (laughs) So... Where are we right now with unemployment? What is the unemployment rate What right now? And how many more people need to lose their jobs for the Fed to say, yes, that's where that's our goal. That's our target. They, the best way to look at this is a 1% increase from where we are now will get you into the Federal Reserve. I feel good about my job um, right now. That's 1.6 million. That's how you should look at it. Uh and, you know, Chairman Powell was like, hey, listen, I'm sorry, but there's no other way. That's not good enough. You know, we, we've shown that there is no wage spiral going on, right? We've dealt with a global pandemic, right? Go back to 1918 to 1920. What happened back then? Rent inflation took off, you know, it lagged, and then disinflation happened. There are similar patterns to all global pandemics going 500 years. Supply will rise. Endure this time. You've got all your rate hikes in. You're almost done. You don't need to freak out. And what I've always talked about, they're freaking out because they don't understand why the bond market is saying, no, the growth rate of inflation really, I mean, unless oil prices spike up and rent inflation spikes up, we had our peak. So I think this is good. And I think, you know, if they want to talk to Wall Street, I think the American people should focus on the Federal Reserve. Remember, these are unelected officials who have very good paying jobs, who have no fear of their jobs being lost, right? It's it's like Waller, when Waller said, oh, the housing market is fine. Housing market went into recession in June. How are you missing this, right? So what we always say, they're old and slow. You can't be old and slow anymore. This is not 1975 where nobody has any idea what the data is. They got to read in the newspaper, you know, on Sundays and it's already a month old. Everyone is versed with the data now. So change, change, change the talking points of uh, going out for 2023. You know, you wrote a story a couple of weeks ago that was like, is the bond market pivoting ahead of the Fed? And so that was that's what I would ask you right now. So, you know, the bond market's reaction, is, what are they seeing? What are they thinking about that? You know, I know they, it's not, it's not a they, but like, what is it doing that shows you that, you know, they, they have some more ideas than the Fed does? So early on in this year, a lot of people thought that the bond yields, the 10 year yield should be at eight to 10% because inflation was running at eight to 10%. And that as soon as QE is done, right? Bond yields, they always say this 12 years. We sit here today. Not that far away from Christmas, with hot inflation data still on a year-over-year basis, the 10-year yield is at 3.48.
This is after we had a almost a parabolic rise of the dollar that created havoc around the world, right? The last big push in the 10-year yield was when the dollar started getting insane and the IMF was thinking, we need, you guys got to stop doing this. People were selling US treasuries to raise off. That's not happening anymore. So right now we're in a good spot. The dollars come down. The markets are calm. Look at this. There's no more intervention from the banks and everything. Just go with this, right? So the 10-year yield right now is no longer escalating toward five and a quarter or six and a quarter or seven. Never even went there. The only increase, the last wave of this really came from uh, you know, the dollar and the market uh, disruption. So if the bond yields are heading lower, right? We're to 210 inversion is very inverted. God, I was a little kid last time it was this inverted. So the bond market saying, you know what? We don't really buy your inflation's going to stay higher act anymore. And because Messer and all these people on Friday were talking to the markets, well, we believe the Fed funds rate should be higher. They are talking a different kind of game. Now, it is fair to say if this is just the Fed talking tough to keep financial conditions tighter until supply gets better, that's fine. That's fair. That's, that's my talking point. If it's we're going to keep rates high, we don't care if a recession comes, you lose your job, tough luck. We're the Federal Reserve. We are basically, you know, Lord of the Rings. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take the ring to Mordor, right? We're going to kill inflation that way, no matter how many people, you know, have to say, it's not going to work right in the next 12 months, right? You, you, the different time, different marketplace. So the bond yields didn't really react as much. So for now, the 10-year yield, just like, uh, no, not buying it anymore. So the talking points have to change if they want this, if they want more pain, if they want Americans to lose their jobs to fight inflation. But you got to remember this, if losing 1.6 million people is the ticket to fight inflation, then what, what are you talking about about the next recovery, right? I mean, I mean, we're going to create jobs when jobs are needed. So what's 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 the case going out 10 to 12 years? A constant recession? No. Supply has to grow, right? And that's part of the problem with, you know, raising rates so fast. Guess what sector of the economy is done building homes? Right? So uh it, it it's it's a tricky space to be, but I've always said you've got where you want it to go. You don't need to freak out anymore, right? Uh, uh, rent inflation is already cooling off without rent inflation. At least the Federal Reserve did this. This is one positive. They've realized that rent inflation is lagging. They're just looking at, you know, uh, uh, core inflation, X housing, X food, you know, X, X energy, and looking at the other stuff and service inflation. And remember, the, the retailers are telling you, boy, we are discounting, right? They have, uh, 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 they need to move inventory because they have too much inventory, so they have to discount. So it's there. So the, the debate really is, is the Fed just talking just to keep financial conditions tighter, or do they actually really believe this? If they actually really believe this, that's a whole different game. This means that the Federal Reserve, in a sense, is a domestic, you know, kind of economic weapon against the U.S. people right now in terms of losing jobs, if they believe that, if they really believe that we need a protracted recession, but it's not a recession when jobs are lost, that's a whole different ballgame. I always assumed that they were just talking tough to get to the point and then, okay, we're good. But uh, uh, it would be interesting if they're losing, we're losing jobs as a country, and I dare Jay Powell to go on presser, ah, this is not a recession. 
right? The, the media's caught on to this. And it was so good to see them ask him, what are you talking about? It's not a recession. Well, you could lose jobs and then the growth is, no, no. That, that act is, they need to get at a team huddle and think of something else because this isn't working anymore. And the bond market's like, hey, dude, that's cute. We're not buying it anymore. You know, you've talked about how the Fed has become a single mandate Fed. And what will it take to get them to back off? Because really right now, I mean, like if, if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. And for them, it's all about un- unemployment. It's all about people losing jobs. The growth rate of inflation needs to keep on going lower and lower. And I think this is the interesting part for 2023. If the growth rate of inflation keeps on falling, and they're talking about Americans losing jobs, and it shows that you didn't need to really lose jobs to have the growth rate of inflation come down, because that's what we've already seen. Right. So if it wasn't for a lagging shelter inflation on the CPI, the CPI data would be much lower right now, but it's going to lag six to 12 months. All right. So it's going to be the end of 2023. So the the group of people that say you don't need millions of people to lose their jobs to fight inflation. There is a supply side. Right. I personally don't believe the U.S. is this population growth booming economy that, you know, everything could uh, keep going. But the Fed is bent on anchored inflation embedded into the economy is the worst pain ever. You know, Powell always talks about, hey, when he gets on the presser, he says, we believe inflation is the worst thing. We understand this. So the way we're going to do it, we're going to raise your interest rates on your credit cards. So on top of the inflation pain you have, you're going to really hit on the other side as well. But don't worry, inflation, right? So uh, they're doing a double whammy effect here. So that's, I think, the, the store line for 2023. Because if the growth rate of inflation is falling, the unemployment rate still stays low and jobs aren't being lost. Every month that goes by, the poison that comes out of their mouth starts to taste worse and worse. And then you're going to get more and more people pushing back on them, right? So for me, again, as of August 5th, 2022, all six of my recession red flags are up. I'm just looking at jobless claims right now because once that breaks, that's the recession. I don't care what Jay Powell or any Fed model says, that is a recession. So uh, it'll be interesting if that occurs and then bond yields start to go down lower ahead of that. And the Fed's like, no, 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 no. And they just completely lose all credibility. And every single one of them should be held accountable for that if they keep on doing that act all over through uh, 2023. Because there are things that I believe uh, with the Federal Reserve, right? Number one, demographics, right? The guy, the only guy on planet Earth that was talking about job openings getting to 10 million uh, in this recovery. That I agree with. The household balance sheets, talking points of mine for eight, nine years. It's much different now because of the bankruptcy reform laws and the, uh, the Qualified Mortgage Act. But if we're in this point to where the growth rate of inflation is falling and we aren't losing jobs, just let it go. You don't need to do those talking points anymore, right? There's no, There's nothing to gain. There's no throne to sit on anymore for this. If you're talking to Wall Street you forget they're not your people, the American public, right? They're your people. Forget PIMCO, forget JP Morgan, right? Forget them. The people is what you should be worried about, right? Remember, dual mandate, job expansion, and inflation, right? We're working our way to get inflation down, but we don't have to have millions of people to lose their jobs for it. One of the things I really appreciate about you, Logan, is that you don't have an agenda. So 
Uh, it's where the data takes you. It's where you see the economy going. So you are not a person who like hates the, you're not an anti-central bank person. You don't hate the Fed. But in this instance, you're calling them out because you're like, listen, they, they've they've lost the thread. They've lost the plot. You know, in the, the Fed's dual mandate is price stability and employment, really, facilitate employment. We, we had the longest economic and job expansion ever recorded in history. A plus, they won. We had a global pandemic. They got in right away. A plus, we won, right? I feel like the Fed takes it personally when Wall Street people make fun of them and they're fighting back. And then sometimes, because everyone's human, right? Everyone is human. You want to like slap the stock traders right in their face because now you got a lot of stock traders crying, oh, the Fed needs to cut rates or my, my portfolio is, I get that. But remember who you work for, Right? It's not the bond traders, it's not the stock market, it's the people. So if you truly believe that inflation can never go down until you have a job loss, where you better see inflation data start to go up again. Because if it goes down and you're still pushing for millions of jobs to be lost and then say, well, if the economy goes into a recession, we're not going to call it a recession and we're not going to cut rates. And let's listen, it's time for you to go. Right, it's time for younger people to come in because there's so many young, fresh data miners that don't live off getting third-party information to make you. They have an intuition of how the world has changed, how markets have changed. So, take the victory. You got to where you want to go, right? You've got financial conditions as tight enough as you can without losing jobs. Just run with it. Don't freak out. And if for some reason. Oil prices shoot up, rent inflation, the American economy is booming again. People are making money, spending. Oh, the horror of that. That sounds so horrible, right? If that happens, then fine. Raise rates to 7 8%, destroy the economy, whatever you want. But don't get stuck in your ways because you're running what 1975 told you. Well, let's talk about mortgage rates. First of all, I'm just like, okay, wow, that was good. That was great. Uh, let's, let's talk about mortgage rates because obviously the housing market has been in recession since... June, July, and a you know biggest part of that is mortgage rates. But mortgage rates are coming down because, to your point, you know the bond market doesn't believe the Fed. So where do you think mortgage rates are headed? You know, we wrote in October. You know, the case for mortgage rates to go down have a five handle in 2023. We could have a five handle before Christmas, right? That's wild yeah, to me. Wild. That is yeah. wild. I think to me as. There has to be a happy median between the Federal Reserve and uh, the housing market. The Federal Reserve's mandate is not, let's destroy housing for as long as possible and let's target that first above the economy. No, that's the, the Fed's in, in fact, it's funny that the, they asked the New Zealand uh, Federal Reserve to do this, to target the housing market. And they said, uh, no, no, that, that doesn't work that way. So the Fed doesn't want lower mortgage rates. They don't want housing. They don't want people buying homes. They stop buying homes. So the question is, last six weeks, we've had growth, right? We actually have six weeks of uh, purchase application data positive. The year-over-year decline has stopped and is 8% off the high. Does the Federal Reserve actually start coming out and go, we don't believe the housing recession is deep enough, right? We need to see more pain. There has to be a median in between, right? It can't be always just destroy, 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 restrict, restrict, restrict. A five-handle mortgage rate can stabilize housing without 
accelerated home price growth, right? Uh, uh, we're in a different marketplace. Inventory levels have come up, right? So uh, I'm wondering if that's going to be a story for next year. If purchase application data, because it's really interesting. Every, a lot of people have done their 2023 forecast and literally the last six weeks, the housing market's actually turned, right? Something that, trust me, nobody had seven, seven and a half mortgage rates getting to 6% and all of a sudden purchase application data started to grow, right? So we're actually seeing the front loaded data actually get positive. So the question is, if rates do go to 5%, does the Fed freak out again? And this Fed likes to freak out for some reason, right? You know, so you can stabilize the housing market if mortgage rates get to five with duration. That's the key, duration. What happened this year is such a crazy event. We went from 3% to 6% mortgage rates. Crazy, right? That doesn't happen. Everyone, everybody changed their housing uh, um, uh, behavior because of that. S uh, sellers started to take their listings off and new listings growth fell. But then we went from six to five, then five to like seven and a half percent, right? We've had two like historical moves within a year, seven and a half percent housing market done, finished, right? Nobody wants to, you know, it, the, the volumes levels are so low. But here, man, I got to say, if mortgage rates could get down toward five percent and stay there, you stabilize the market, You're not going to have a reacceleration or anything like that. That at least puts a flooring, right, uh, um, in there. And that takes one of the, main negative data lines that we have in the U.S. economy to stabilize. So there is a pathway to get to the fives. We're almost there, right? It's before the, even the year started, right? We're, 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 we're getting there. Why? Because the growth rate of inflation is falling, right? The economic data, the recession red flags are up. And historically saying, post-1982, when we're at this stage, usually the bond yields fell, bond yields fall. The dollar is stock. I, I cannot stress this enough. Every mortgage person, real estate person, you keep a dollar chart with you. You do not want the U.S. dollar to accelerate higher again. Bad things happen around the world, right? Uh, uh, so with the dollar to calm down, mortgage rates to calm down, and just don't crash the plane. Just land it. Have something to work with out here uh, because it's usually the after 12 months of a sector in a recession, that's where the real pain starts. So the, the housing market started a recession in June. Uh, we're not even at 12 months yet. And if the Federal Reserve is still saying, well, the housing market is fine. I'm, I'm telling you, this this is not an institution that can do this, right? It's not. No, it's right. not. I mean, you, listen, if it's a second grade class and somebody says that, okay, that's fine. But you are the Federal Reserve. You have to be able to e easily read the front-loaded data. It's been like this since the Peloponnesian War. You can't be this offsides anymore, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. I mean, if you're in the housing sector, if you're in real estate, if you're in mortgage, if you're in title, if you're in appraisal, no way can you say or could you affirm to, that the Federal Reserve, like, oh, housing's fine. It's not fine. It is not fine. It's so far from fine. People are fighting. They're doing a great job. But like to think that this is okay and that you can say, oh, no, they, they haven't had enough pain yet is just clueless. You know, people ask me about Waller's comment. You know, they're what, what is he doing? And I said, this is a Federal Reserve member who tried to buy a home in D.C. and he couldn't find one. And he's angry. Right. What do we say about angry old people? Right. It's a different world. Right. The age of the baby boomers are coming to an end. Right. It's fine for Gen X to take charge <laughs> and tell these people to ride it out to the sun. Game's over. Right. So 
Economic cycles can be modeled out. Why well, the Federal Reserve didn't see this right in 2005, right? We we write these models for people to understand that the Federal Reserve, for some reason, some reason, they cannot read the front-loaded data. And I'm sitting here thinking, what is going on here? This is not this is not even funny anymore. It's one thing if you were drunk at a bar and say, oh, housing's fine. No. You are the Federal Reserve members. You are not allowed to be this offside, right? Uh, I mean, I go on CNBC and say, hey, housing went in a recession in June, right? That's how, that's how recessionary data has worked post-World War II. So in this context, um, I wonder if a happy median is going to be in the works because the Federal Reserve said we're not selling mortgage-backed securities. They... I, I, I will defend the housing reset on the Federal Reserve till the day I die, right? Savagely unhealthy housing market in February. It, it, it was such a horrible market in a sense because the Federal Reserve was correct. Bidding wars and no contingency buys was a horrific outcome of what was happening in the housing market. They targeted those two things. They should have. Literally, when Powell was talking, people were saying, oh, my God, he's using Logan's verbiage, right? Line by line. So I agree with that, but we don't have the bidding wars as much anymore, right? The contingency, all that crazy stuff is they're let, let it's, if happy median, just stabilize the market, whatever, you know, you, you get what you want, right? You, you, you wanted those two things ending. So we'll see if that's an issue because the interesting aspect is a lot of people aren't looking at the forward looking data right now, right? I've kind of noticed this, especially on Twitter. And I don't, I don't real, I don't believe people know how to read the purchase application data correctly. You have to do like major adjustments and all this stuff. If this data line gets better, because it's seasonally volumed for the first uh, uh, few months of twenty uh, of the year, right? It's from second week of January to the first week of May, and then after May, volumes always fall. So it does not matter. By the way, don't fall for the volume falling in the second half of the year trick that people do every single year. Oh, yeah, housing is crashing. No, volume always falls. But if the data line starts to show growth. And then inventory levels start to fall again. I wonder if the Federal Reserve is going to freak out because this is a freak out Fed, right? That's the name I'm going to give him, the freak out Fed, right? And and if that happens, that could be a whole like X variable for 2023 if that occurs, if rates keep on going lower and the data starts to get better. For right now, it's off of a waterfall dive in purchase application. It doesn't take much to stabilize the data. That's what we've seen in the last six weeks. We've seen growth off a of bottom. And that's it. You're going to see this data get, you're going to see this hit the home sales data, uh, February, March, going back to January, February, it's 30 to 90 days. So anybody who's using the old existing home sales are coming up right now, old, right? The inflection point of all housing cycles is led by purchase application data, right? So if you're focusing on the year over year negative, uh, the big declines, old, old and slow, right? We talked about this for many months, right? We're going to have extremely high comps to work with, you know, October, November, December. In fact, purchase application data is right where I model it out to be between 35 and 45% year over client. So the home sales are going to be bad. If the data was still weak, you just go with that, but it's term. So just think about that going out for everyone. Just look at forward application data. If the weeklies are better and the year over year decline is less, okay, that means the market is stabilizing. And you'll see it in the home sales data months out, right? So it's just a low bar right now. If it happens for months and months and months and months, that's a whole different ballgame. And then knowing the Fed, they might freak out about that. Like people buying homes. No, you know, people buying homes, having sex, having kids. All No, stop it.
Stop consuming, right? Quit it. Make our jobs easier. Well, Logan, thank you so much for sharing. And I will remind our listeners that you're going to have your forecast, which you have put off until the very end of the year, the first week of January. So they can look for that then. Um, It will be up to the minute. You only forecast once a year. So you wait to make sure that it's very accurate, as accurate as you can make it. And remember, a lot of people did not, a lot of people like to do it in November. I just don't know. I mean, things could change so fast. And literally since November, we've had a material change in the marketplace, right? Uh, This is why I always like to wait till the end and then get the best amount of information, current amount of information, and then go with it. Uh, And I don't do revision for it. We just work off the variables, economic cycles. It's going to be the, you know, you need a new Jack data analyst for a new Jack housing market, right? And it's this is going to be a very unique forecast because you, because how crazy data has gone in 2023 and all the variables, it's going to be it's not going to be like my traditional forecast because you have such a swing in housing behavior based on rates uh, uh, that it has to all be accounted for. You can't just go 10% decline. 20% decline, 15%, 10, 15, 20, 10, 15, 20, 10, 15, 20, right? Without taking context into it, right? Like, you know, my 2022 home price forecast was wrong. It was too low, right? Rates didn't get uh, uh, to that level that I thought uh, uh, fast enough. And then, you know, by the time we, we got here, it's too late of year. So uh, we got to put a lot of work into this one because we've already seen one material change and like that's not even already accounted for already. Well, looking forward to that. Can't wait to uh, read that. And also, we will talk to you again in a couple of days before Christmas. So thank you so much, Logan. Great to have you on. Pleasure to be here, Wheeler. have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.